0: Scripture reading today comes out of Daniel chapter 4, verses 28 to 33. All this came upon King Nebuchadnezzar. At the end of 12 months, he was walking on the roof of the royal palace of Babylon. And the king answered and said, Is this not this great Babylon, which I have built by my mighty power, as a royal residence and for the glory of my majesty? While the words were still in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven, O King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken The kingdom has departed from you, and you shall be driven from among men, and your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field, and you shall be made to eat grass like an ox. And seven periods of time shall pass over you, until you know that the Most High rules the kingdom of men, and gives to it, and gives it to whom he will. Immediately the words were fulfilled against Nebuchadnezzar, and he was driven from among men and ate grass like an ox, and his body was wet with the dew of heaven, till his hair grew as long as eagles' feathers, and his nails were like the bird's claws. This is the word of the Lord. may be seated.
1: Yeah. All right. Thank you, Eric. Good morning. It's uh, great to see you all here this morning, Um, and uh, I'm, my name's Matt. I'm an architect, and it's, uh, No, Matt was going to say something about that, that we definitely get confused for one another. So I'm not wearing flannel, but um, short guys with a beard and short, stocky guys. We actually work out together, so picture that. It's even funnier. Um, Well, hey, my name is Dave, not Matt, and I'm the lead pastor here at Redemption Tucson, and it's uh, great to be with y'all. If uh, you've never heard me preach or you came um, last week, I was not here. I was actually got to preach up at Redemption Peoria, and I just want to give y'all a, a, a heads up. I have a stutter. It kind of comes in and out as, as, as I go, as I preach, and just want to make sure that y'all um, know what, what, uh, what that is. And um, We've got a lot to get into, and I know the last time I said that, I meant it, right? We really got into it, um, right? Preached on nationalism, and, um, and uh, what was the other? I'm getting confused with today. Consumerism, that's right testing you. Thank you. Um, And uh, right, we went, we got into it, and then I just peaced out. I was gone for a week, because like, I'm not coming back for, um, no, we uh, were, I got to be up in Peoria, and I'll share some more about that. Um, But yeah, it's just good to, good to be back. And um, before we get into our time in the sermon, actually, um, I'm going to invite up a a friend, um, Raul, or Haga. Some of you know um, Raul, so let's go ahead and give him a a round of applause as he makes his way up here. Come on up here, Raul. And um, the reason we're doing this this morning and uh, having Raul come up here is um, we, you know, sometimes take note of significant transitions within our um, our church, and so Raul is um, transitioning or has transitioned in. in the sense that he's no longer going to be the the um the custodian but much more than that um a a, a consistent presence and part of our church on Sunday mo- morning. Um Raul is the only person from the first Sunday that we launched until um about two mo- months ago, right? Yeah, the first week of um Of August, uh, Raul was the only person to come to every single redemption service or event held at at Safford. He was here week in and week out, faithfully here, often very early, um, like super early, uh, five o'clock or so, because he'd drive from his home that he built in Mexico, and he works here at the school full time. And um, anyway, I wanted to um, give Raul an opportunity just to uh, to kind of uh, say, just he he. Wanted to just say something to express his heart uh for us. And, and again, before that though, I just wanna wanna emphasize what Raul who Raul has meant to us, to our family. We've gotten some of us have gotten to spend time with him at his home. He he hosted us in Mexico and it's just been a, a, a faithful, encouraging presence here in um in our church. So yeah, Raul, Raul, did you wanna say? I don't know, anything.
2: My name is Raul Ortega. Hold right up here. And I'm very happy. I feel uh, happy mm-hmm. because I, I held to the church. Mm-hmm. And I remember the first days. we don't have AC, nothing. <laughs> and and I try to help. And I'm very happy. And thank you for
1: everything. Mm.
2: Yes. Yeah, absolutely, Raúl. Yes. and my house is your house. You mm. know. Yes. You know. Yeah. Yes. Uh, a lot of people know my house. Uh, I'm happy. And I, I love all the the kids. Yes. I remember Cooper, Ellie, uh, Ellie. Esther, Elise yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. Elizabeth. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Samantha, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, Olivia, yes, yes. all the kids. The, I love the the kids. Hmm. I'm the youngest in my family. I think that's the reason.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's great, Raul. Gracias, <laughs> thank you. Uh, gracias a usted. Um, wait, hold on, un momentito. Um, so we're gonna go ahead and um, pray for ra- 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 Raul. Um, he, uh, we have a gift for you. There's just a little card, a, a little thank you and, and a gift. Um, and, and let me explain too with, with this gift. Um, he said his house is our house. He's really po- postured himself to make his house everyone's house. Really where he, he li- lives. Um, if you're familiar with Matthew and the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, um, you are the light of the world. And he says a city on a hill cannot... Um, um, is um easily seen and and gives light to all who who could come and and jesus talks about the significance of being a shining light raul's home and his relationships his his influence is is exactly that he has great influence in his whole community and town where in the home that he's built in mexico as well as here at safford i could go on and on about that too um how many years have you worked here 17? Seventeen years, and I've been with him before. When, like, an adult has come by and said, "Raul, you don't know, me? Mr. Raul," and it's a kid that that he knew um, and that and, and he had a significant impact on. So, anyway, um, Raul, this gift is because we to to thank you, but we also know that you use whatever you have to bless others. So, I want to say something. Okay, okay. My thank
2: you. My, my hand. Uh, build my own house but Jesus helped me because now I saw my house say no that's impossible mm, because wow. it's too much wow uh, and I don't know how build but it's
1: still my house yes <laughs> amen amen yep well, he has absolutely he's built adobe, your adobe house. Yes. It's adobe built with his own hands. It's incredible. Let's uh, let's pray. Okay. Uh Heavenly Father, we thank you for uh our eh is for the love that he's shown to to our our church. Lord, that he is not just someone who shows up and does things, but he has been a part of our church family and he is still even though we won't see him as often in the morning thank you for him we pray that you would bless the work of his hands and lord like he said thank you that you have uh, done a great work through him uh, for your glory and for others good good we pray that you would bless him you would protect his fa- family and again lord use all that you've given him lord to uh, to to uh, bless his neighbor and to and to honor you we pray this in nombre de Jesus Amen. Okay. Let's thank Raul again. All right. Amen. We do uh, love Raul, and as he said, he's um, been a huge impact on, on our church and on lots of the kids especially. He often will say, I don't know you, but I know your kid. He, um, and so um, we're going to get into our time here pretty quickly in Daniel, if you recall, we've, um, we've been walking through kind of a short series. We, we did two weeks, then we took last week to kind of catch our breath, and then we're going to get back into it for these next two weeks before we get into the Advent Season. So go ahead and turn with me in Daniel in your Bible. Um, if you don't have a copy of God's Word with you, would you hold your hand up high and keep it up, and somebody will get you one. Um, y en español si quiere la Biblia y no tiene por favor levantó su mano y diga español. Y si no tiene una Biblia, eso es un regalo a usted y. Uh, Esta mañana estamos en el libro de Daniel, capítulo 4 y 5. Um, again, this is our gift to you, okay? If you don't have a Bible, please um, keep this one. And um, and, uh, and, and we uh, want to see you, uh, want to see everyone have God's word to get into. All right, so let me kind of set the stage for where we're headed this morning. Once again, we're covering um, a lot, right? We're, we're in chapters 4 and 5 of Daniel. And, and the big ideas, the big theme, as you can see there, are individualism and hedonism. If you don't know what hedonism is, I'll explain it in a bit. Okay, we'll, we'll get into that. Don't worry. But um, the, 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 the fact that we'll see is that sin, um, which is brokenness, which is life apart From God, sin leads us to uh, obsession with self, to individualism, and it also leads us to to an um, incurable obsession with pleasure, and 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 that that leads to to brokenness and frustration and and, um, and pain. But the good news of Jesus, the gospel, restores our humanity so that we can we can delight in Jesus, and that we can find true and lasting and full joy-filled life in Him and in Him alone. All right, so that's what we'll see through our time in Daniel. And um, let's go ahead and pray and get into it. And I'll just note, in case I forget, is it a little little cold? Is it cold? You can nod. You can hold someone's hand next to you. um, And this is right, build community or, you know, whatever. Introduce yourself maybe first, but... um, Go ahead and do that. I was the thing. I'm like, my hands are cold. Like, what is that for? Like, I don't know what to do with my hands right now. Um, that's, <laughs> hands are cold. We can clap, all right, and get into it and um, do this and, um, and, uh, and, 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 and uh, again, hold hands, build community and, or do this. This helps too, right? Pray on the, no, let's pray. All right, let's get into God's word together and uh, submit ourselves to his scriptures. Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the time to be together. Lord, thank you for a school. Even as Raul said earlier, there have been times when there's no AC or no heat. I'm not sure which one's worse. Um, but we've still, um, Lord, grown and we've, we've been shaped as your people. And we pray that this morning we would be shaped uh, more and more as your people. People, as we talked through even earlier this morning in our time of confession and of assurance of grace, that we would lay bare before you, Lord, that you would give us the courage and the hope to come honestly before you and to expose our hearts and to evaluate areas that we've gone astray and the dangerous um, ways that, that we've gotten close to falling off from one side or the other. Lord, we pray that we would um, walk the narrow and difficult path that you've said that leads to life so lord jesus we pray these things in your name amen all right let's um get into our time together here as we get into daniel chapter 4 and we walk through this story that that, um, eric read earlier right the the big idea that we'll see here is the individualism robs us of our humanity All right, so remember that our time in Daniel has been like a cultural critique, right? A cultural commentary. That's what it was in that time that the prophet Daniel, this was um, written to expose brokenness in the world, in the culture of of that day. And then we see that thousands over 2,000 years later, as we submit ourselves to God's word, we see exposed in us ways that we have walked away from God. Okay, so with that, let's pick up in chapter 4, verse 1. King Nebuchadnezzar, to all peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied to you. It has seemed good to me to show the signs and wonders that the Most High God has done for me. How great are his signs, how mighty his wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and his dominion endures from generation to generation. All right, Um, if you missed it, who's writing this letter? Nebuchadnezzar, all right? This guy that, um, if you've read earlier in the first couple chapters, he is an unlikely source to be writing this this part of this, okay? He's writing a firsthand letter. That's what chapter four is. To all the peoples, right, that dwell in all the earth, all the nations. What that means is, all you punks who I conquered and rule over and have um, and have abused and and exposed, now let me tell you about, about about God, the one true God in heaven. In many cases, he's saying, um, the God that you worship, right? The God that I came in and um and and, and 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 took and invaded his temple and all this stuff, and I took you out of your land and you were supposedly his people, and now you're here in a different land. Um, let me tell you how great your God is. All right, so there's irony here. And let me just say this too as we will get into chapter 5. It doesn't last. All right, there's been this sense of like of praising God and worshiping God and acknowledging God and his goodness and all that he's done. And then like forgetting, like we're told in the New Testament, like standing before a mirror and seeing your image and then walking away and forgetting what you look like. And sometimes that could work. Like, I like to walk away and be like, all right, I'm six foot four. And, you know, I look at the mirror, and then I just kind of come up with something else in my mind. But as we know, it's not always that way, right? Sometimes we walk away, and we forget, and we need to go back. Well, that idea of forgetting, that's really common here, and that keeps happening to the people of this day. But for this moment, where we are, Nebuchadnezzar, and this is toward the end of his life, he, he's brought to a place of, 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 of having been humbled, Okay, he's seen God and, and he wants to tell everyone else about it. And then he goes in, in this whole next section, he goes in and he starts to tell um, the, the story of how God humbled him. And so in this next section there in, in, in verse 4, it goes on and he calls all the enchanters, all the giveners, all the people that like see into the future and all this stuff, he calls all of them and just, we'll get back to that in a moment. That's something that constantly happens. That's this theme of like God speaks through his prophet, through Daniel. God brings truth alone, and then the people are amazed. Wow, I can't believe this, right? The kings are like, oh my goodness, and then they forget. And something else crazy happens, like a dream or some kind of weird experience. And they're like, whoa, call everybody back in here. All the different religions, all the different g- gurus, different, different people, bring them back in here. And then when they can't answer and they looked for help and answers everywhere else, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, that one guy, the one God that has shown up time and time again, bring him back in here. All right, so, so that's what happens because he has this dream and he calls everyone else, and then finally Daniel comes. And then in verse 10, we see that he explains what happened, what, what he saw. says, The visions of my head as I lay in bed, he rhymes, were these. I saw and behold a tree in the midst of the earth, and its height was great. The tree grew and became strong, and its top reached to heaven, and it was visible to the end of the earth, the whole earth. Its leaves were beautiful and its fruit abundant and in its food, um, and in it was food for all. The beasts of the field found shade under it and the birds of the heavens lived in its branches and all flesh was fed from it. And then this tree gets toppled down all the way to the stump. And he's like, what does this mean? And Daniel interprets the dream for him and he tells him and he's humble at first. He's like, Nebuchadnezzar, I, I really don't want to I don't want to offend you, you know, and he's, he's honoring and respectful, but he speaks bold, honest truth. As God's people are called to do time and time again, to say, hey, I know this isn't going to be popular. I know you won't like all of what I'm about to say, and you won't like all of what I'm about to say, but here I stand, I can do no other. All right? let me just tell you what this is about. And he's saying what this is about is your individualism, your ar- arrogant individualism, individualism, you've built up yourself, you've built up your identity, and you've kind of puffed out your chest, and and you are a big, great tree. But God's got a bigger axe. All right? And God's going to bring you down to size because you have, you have sought to assert yourself uh, above God and you've tried to declare that you are so great and you have turned away from him and God's going to humble you and God's going to bring you down. And he goes on and he tells him what we read earlier, right? He says, you're going to go out in the fields and you're going to be like this wild beast. And we'll get into all that. But let me talk for a minute as we get into this. What God's calling out here is, again, this arrogant individualism. So what is that, and what is it not? Okay, first of all, to, to have an individual identity, to understand who you are as a person, as an individual, is not in and of itself a bad thing. Okay, this isn't, this isn't don't, be, don't have any understanding of what it means to be an individual. Just forget yourself, and the, the opposite of that is communalism. Or, or similar, the idea of kind of communism or socialism, right? We talked about nationalism a couple of weeks ago. The answer isn't socialism, communism. Just forget yourself, forget the individual, find yourself in the in, in the in the greater whole. And in a nutshell, in a sense, you don't matter, all right? And just the people at the top who are keeping the whole together—they really matter. And you just do your part. You're just a cog in a wheel. Well, God's word doesn't affirm that at all. God's word gives incredible integrity to, to every individual. Right? I just got to preach um, last week up in Redemption Peoria, and they're walking through five weeks of the solas, which is the, the onlys or the alones. And some of you know the Protestant Reformation. This was a time that, that God used to kind of recapture and reestablish the importance of the individual. Right? Because people were being abused um, on it, uh, because they were just thrown into the, a big lump of everyone and it didn't matter. Hey, it doesn't matter if you're abused or if you're not happy or, or you're your standing with God. Doesn't really, um, it doesn't really matter. Jesus didn't really do anything for you specifically and pointedly as long as you kind of keep propping up the powers that be and so the the solas are are they are that one is justified right one is given integrity and and forgiveness and reconciliation with god um by grace alone through faith alone um in christ alone according to the scriptures alone for god's glory alone Alright, and, and so we could go, and we say that often here, and hopefully you hear that, that's, that's, that's the incredible integrity given to the individual. Everyone, no matter who you are, no matter your socio and economic background, your your ethnic background, no m- matter if you think you're at the top of the food chain or at the very bottom, wherever you are, the, 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 who you are, your worth and your value and your acceptance is given by grace alone, through faith alone, in Jesus Christ alone, according to the scriptures alone, for God's glory alone. Okay, so to be an individual, to have an individual identity, is good. But the ism is really bad. Okay, when 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 celebration of self, when obsession with self, when worship of self now becomes the 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 orienting reality that defines every other aspect of life, that's where we go astray. That's not that's not being created in God's image. Okay, God's image bearers are individuals and who come together as a community, as a people who reflect God in all that we do, in our identity, in our, in our, in our purpose, in our work, right? As we just you know, heard about earlier. And all that we do is meant to find ourselves in, in who we are as God's people. And then again, earlier I talked about the five solas, right? Re- God's restored people through faith, in Jesus. But but where we go astray is what Nebuchadnezzar does. So again, just some more historical background, because this is, we live in this world, all right? As we've said before, it's like we're swimming, it's like we're fish in a fishbowl, swimming in individualistic, arrogant, individualistic waters, and we don't even acknowledge it. It's not, it's like, it's like, yeah, that's just life, right? Like, just do you, all right? Or, or in the, in the, in the, um, in the 1600s, French philosopher René Descartes right, said, I think, therefore I am. All right, so at the same time that the Reformation was happening and the important dignity given to individuals, this other movement, the R- R- Renaissance, around the same time, around like the late 1400s through the 1700s, was was this, this effort, this movement was going, it was like, again, you could kind of sum it up by saying, you do you. You know, do whatever you want to do. It's all about you. Whatever you think, whoever you think you are, whatever you want to make out of life, you do it. Right? Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Kind of make a name for yourself. Um, whatever, whoever you have to, have to have to climb over and step on to, 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 to build up your life or to protect your own or whatever. Right? Like, do it. That's what it, that's all that matters. And that is definitely not in line with God's word with who he created us to be to have our identity and our purpose and our work and our relationships flow out of his his call to be good stewards okay to reflect him in everything that we do and now we see that on display here with nebuchadnezzar as he buys into this lie that you are able and responsible to um to define yourself however you want to and then we see that come to full fruition in, um, in Nebuchadnezzar when he um, when he basically is standing. What what we read earlier, what um, what what Eric read earlier, right? That Nebuchadnezzar is standing on the um, on the in his palace, right? In verse four, I Nebuchadnezzar was at ease, right? He's just kicking back. He's got no worries in my house and prospering in my palace. And then he saw this dream, right? And then all this stuff happened. Well, it goes down in um, later, about a year later, he stands up and he arrogantly just says, look what I've built. Look how good I am. Look at all the stuff I've established. Look at, I've worked hard and now I'm going to sit back and enjoy it all. Right and when we read about Nebuchadnezzar doing that in this context we're like oh how could he have forgotten he just heard this dream a year earlier but guys let's be real here think about in our own lives where can that show up in our families all right, my kids this morning, we were kind of praying, having a little time together. We had a pretty rough morning. I won't get into all that, but our, I did more. They were ministering to me, um, and, and we're there at the table, and one of my kids like prayed and thanked God for a dad who sat at the table and explained scripture to him and stuff, and, 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 and man, I've blown it like within the last 24 hours multiple times, and yet in that moment, it could be easy to think, yeah, I am a pretty good dad. I've done really well. You know, you are blessed to have me, you know, and right, and, and we could do this in so many different ways. We could think, look, right, whatever it is for you. If you're working out in the gym and you're like, look at the temple I've built, you know, or, 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 or seriously, like our families, our workplace, our, our kids, the way our kids act and other kids, other people's kids don't, Right? Or the, or, the, or, the, or the nutrition that we get and that we feed ourselves with, and other people don't. We judge the people in the McDonald's drive through or whatever until you have a bunch of kids, and then you're like, thank God for McDonald's. I take it all back. Right? Happy Meals all day. Um, right? Or whatever it is, or just honestly, like our church. Right, could we not do this about 4 years in now and just think, man, our church is nailing it. We've really we've got it all figured out. We've done these things and then you can go into despair if you if you go that cuz then one week can just send you off the rails like, oh man, our church is the worst. It's probably going to close down tomorrow and you know, it's like this crazy pendulum roller coaster ride when we obsess in ourselves. And and God sometimes severely calls us back to himself. He humbles us like he did here with Nebuchadnezzar. Because what happens is when we try to assert ourselves above God, or we try to establish ourselves apart from him, we try to establish our identity and our purpose outside of being image bearers in him, we lose our humanity. Okay, you see this picture in, in, um, in Nebuchadnezzar, which is a, a kind of a similar picture to Genesis 3. When, when, when he or when Adam and Eve bought into the lie, hey, if you, just, if you just step outside of God's shadow, you'll really be set. You'll really be able to, to thrive and to flourish. And the result is shame and brokenness and, and lack of trust, lack of power, lack of fulfillment, in Nebuchadnezzar's place, he, he tries to become um, non-human, to like assert himself like a god, to be like a god. And what ends up happening is he becomes like an animal. He's eating grass, his hair grows out, and his fingers are long, and he's like growling and foaming. And it's this, this ridiculous picture which again should be a reminder to us of what it looks like to try to find ourselves that arrogant individualism robs us of our humanity. Okay, but the good news of Jesus, the gospel is that we find ourselves in him, that we are are most truly human when we are submitted to who we are, who God designed us to be, that our identity and our purpose and our life would flow from our relationship with him, a dependence upon him. Okay, dependence upon God through faith in Jesus makes us most fully human. And at the end of this thing, Daniel says, or or in in Daniel chapter 4, verse 37, Nebuchadnezzar kind of sums it up. His reason is restored, his eyes are opened, his ears are opened, his heart is softened. And he says, now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the king of heaven, for all his works are right and his ways are just. And those who walk in pride, he is able to humble. Those who, those who build themselves up, who prop themselves up arrogantly, embrace individualism, who live in pride and say, I want to do it my way, God, he's able to humble He's like, guys, trust me. All right, I was out there. I don't want to, thankfully, no one had you know, Instagram back then or else people would have taken pictures of me, but I was crazy. Okay, God will humble you and God can humble you. But again, the good news of the gospel, we were in Ephesians for like a year. and In Ephesians chapter two, if you remember, apart from God's intervention, we're, we're, we're by nature children of wrath. But the good news is that we're restored through faith in Jesus, through his life, death, and r- 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 resurrection. Submitting to the will of the Father, we find ourselves, our humanity is restored, not as independent, uh, supposedly powerful individuals, but as, as children, as dependent beings in a relationship of trust of, of where we find ourselves, where we're provided for by God. In Matthew chapter five, verse three, where Jesus begins his famous Sermon on the Mount, he says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. To be poor, impoverished, to have nothing else to cling to, to have not a job or a family name or an identity or, a, or an image or relationships or a position or whatever it is, I don't find myself in any of that. I don't have a check to cash at the bank except for who I am in Christ and what he's done for me. I'm poor in spirit. The gospel restores our humanity. But in chapter 5, the cycle continues. All right, Nebuchadnezzar, and let me just say this too for a moment. Um, In chapter 5, we'll start to read a new character, Belshazzar, and that's Nebuchadnezzar's son. And this story, just like if you were with us a couple years ago when we walked through Judges, right? And this cycle that continues where one generation fails to pass on the good news of the gospel to the next generation. And the next generation. What it means to be God's people. Who we are to be in his identity, right? It's like a toilet bowl, if you remember. Hopefully you'll never forget that, right? So we should be getting toilet bowls tattooed on our arms here to remind us, right, of the, of the destructive cycle. Where's Jake? Jake, I know you'll do it, right? Someone here, some of you guys have got some, some tattoos and are looking for new ideas, right? This cycle that continues where it gets worse and worse, where God, through his, his grace, Um, severely restores us and calls us back he judges us and brings us back to who we are as his people and then we forget and we forget to tell our children and their children and and then this cycle continues and it gets worse and worse well that's what happens here as now we see hedonism stealing god's people's joy Okay, so let's read this. We're going to read the first ver- um, seven verses in chapter five. And, um, and just to kind of set the scene, set the tone here of what's going on, okay? So remember what we just ended with, right? This, this worship, this proclamation of praise that God is the one true God, the king of heaven, and, and that he is able to humble those who walk in pride. Next chapter, chapter 5, verse 1. King Belshazzar made a great feast for a thousand of his lords and drank wine in front of the thousand. Belshazzar, when he tasted the wine, commanded that the vessels of gold and of silver of the temple in Jerusalem be brought that the king and his lords, his wives and his concubines might drink from them. Then they brought in the golden vessels that had been taken out of the temple the house of god in jerusalem and the king and his lords his wives and his concubines drank from them they drank wine and praised not the one true god in heaven who we just heard about the gods of gold and silver and bronze and iron and wood and stone these idols these these false gods s- straight up these demons Okay, these 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 ideas, these these elements that you that we now orient our lives around, that we that we now think, oh, gold and silver, and this is where life is really found. Pleasure. Just bring it all around. Oh, you know what? The gods, these false gods that provide these things, let's have them all here right now. And oh, oh, no acknowledgement to the fact that these were vessels that had been consecrated. And set apart to to be used for worship of the holy and righteous God of 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 heaven, the one who 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 his people had to had to come before humbly and worshipfully in the temple in Jerusalem. Right? Well, that was ransacked, and these vessels are now used. And again, arrogant individualistic hedonism in fact, in a mockery of God and His goodness and His create in His creation let's just use all this stuff to just soak it up and consume okay so that's the image there and it's important that it says these his all his lords and his wives his multiple wives his concubines this would be meant to set our minds off that all these people are unclean and they're just sitting back with their feet up on the table just 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 using all of god's vessels and just mocking him for instant gratification and pleasure so that's what's going on, and then they, it can take, p- p- continues there. Okay, so they drank this wine. They praised the gods of gold and silver, bronze, iron, wood, and stone. Then in verse 5, immediately the fingers of a human hand appeared and wrote on the plaster of the wall of the king's palace opposite the lampstand, and the king saw the hand as it wrote. Then the king's color changed, and his thoughts alarmed him. His limbs gave way. His knees knocked together. Like he's literally messing himself in his pants. Like he is... terrified right now, right? His knees are knocking together. The king called loudly to bring in the enchanters, the Chaldeans, and the astrologers. The king declared to the wise man of Babylon, whoever reads this writing and shows me its interpretation shall be clothed with purple and have a a chain of gold around his neck and shall be the third ruler of the kingdom. I love verse seven. The king called loudly to bring... Okay, it's like he sees this, these fingers... All right, writing on a wall, like imagine, okay, look at one of the walls here and imagine fingers, okay, not even a whole hand, it seems, just fingers wrapped around some instrument start to write a message on a wall. He's like, get in here, (laughs) like everyone who I have, get in here, I don't know what's going on, I don't know what we just drank, but something's going on here and um, I need someone to interpret this to me momentarily, let me just pause and again, draw recognition to the fact here that he doesn't go right to Daniel. He doesn't say, oh, the prophet of, of God, the God most high, you know, bring in these people here to, to, you know, the one person who's gotten it right time and time again, the one true God in heaven, but he calls everyone else first. And the author is clearly intending to put this in here so that anyone who reads this would recognize the futile efforts that we constantly give into. We find ourselves struggling. We're like, what's gonna meet my need? Oh, this, this article, this again, this f- fad diet, this exercise, this, clo- this way to look at yourself, this you know, routine that I go through. Everything else here is gonna help me get out of this. Oh, that's not working. Oh shoot, maybe I should probably go to God's word. Maybe, maybe I, should, I should ask for prayer right after I've tried everything else and it hasn't gotten through. Again, those things, right? Calling your doctor, calling friends, asking for advice. It's not bad, bad stuff. But when that's our first flinch and then our last ditch effort is, well, maybe God could do something. You know, I don't know. I'll kind of throw that on there. I'll slap a prayer on it at the end of it. Okay, that's, this is put in there to meant to show us that's a human condition. It's a propensity to look everywhere else for help. And then finally, when, when nothing else fulfills, when nothing else satisfies, we go before God. So finally, he gets audience with Daniel... And he tells him, hey, um, I want you to do this stuff. And he gets it wrong, by the way, in verse, and I'm not going to read all of this, but he starts telling Daniel stuff that's not even true about Daniel. Daniel's like, dude, you didn't even get the story right. That's not even how it all went down, but he's just hearing this stuff. But either way, he's before Daniel and he's like, hey, do, whatever it is, I need help with this, right? This hand wrote something on the wall. I don't even know what it means. Um, so I need your help. And I heard that you could you could help sometimes that you have a God who's kind of on par with all the other gods, but you comes through sometimes with weird things like this so help me out right now and if you do I'll give you a bunch of stuff I'll give you you know honor and power and prestige right I'll, I'll thank you and I love what Daniel says here in verse 17 then Daniel answered and said before the king let your gifts be for yourself and give your rewards to another nevertheless I will read the writing to the king and make known to him the interpretation He's. He's sassy, right? Daniel's like, I'm getting sick of this routine, all right? I don't want you yeah, to keep your gold, keep your, keep your rewards, keep your purple, all right? I don't even like purple, all right? Just, you um, know, purple in that time meant like royalty and, 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 and power, okay? And so he's like, he, I don't want your power. You don't have all the power, but I will tell you what your dream means. And he goes on and he explains the dream. And, it's, and he's essentially saying here, listen, you've made it seem like your whole position. God's given you a position, all right? Your dad got it right finally at the very end of his life. He understands that God is God alone, that he is the king of heaven, and that his position as a king was to be found under God and his purposes, right? He, he knew, he experienced that God can humble you. And yet, and yet, you you have now taken it. You've forgotten that if you were ever even told it in the first place, and you've just tried to make it all about you and your pleasure. Well, here's what's going to happen. Um, and he goes on and explains what was written on the wall. And uh, on the wall, and he essentially says, in the end, your kingdom is going to be divided, and you're going to be killed. Now, just pause there for a moment. Okay, imagine Daniel. All right. This guy seemingly has all the power in the world. This is like your boss, the president, and your mother-in-law all in one, all right? This is like the most, the most powerful people in your world right now, okay? He's sitting there, and he's like, but hear me, okay, for, for a moment here. Think about this. Again, to, to stand firm on God's word and to proclaim boldly, still humbly, but boldly and clearly, the truth of God is almost never popular. All right, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. I don't need to get into it too much. But in our current climate today, to stand firmly on the truth of Jesus and on, the good new, on his good news and the fullness of his kingdom, right? And we walked through those like five things that, that identified the early church, and we talked about how that can be an, a, a lens through which we evaluate our faithfulness as his people Today and remember the list, no one would celebrate everything on that list except for God's people. All right? The f- first two things, the left really would say, "Yes, yes, here, here." right? And then the last two, they'd be like, "No, no, no, we're not really into that. That doesn't really fit our agenda." Well, the last two things would really fit the right, and they'd be like, "Yes, here here. Amen." And then the first two things, like, no, 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 that doesn't really fit it. We kind of explain that stuff away, right? But to stand firm as God's people, to be a faithful witness, to have a faithful presence as exiles in a foreign land, means that you're really not popular with anyone. Okay, and yet you see that because God has been faithful to us, we can and are called to remain faithful to the calling he has given given us, to be heralds of his good news, even when it's not popular. And we see that displayed in Daniel. And he calls out this hedonism. Before we wrap up, again, I I, I told you I would just define hedonism. What is hedonism? Okay, we've, we've seen it, but it's again, it's a sense that there's a, I think we have it up here, but it's essentially this. It's a school of thought that argues that the pursuit of pleasure and intrinsic goods are the primary or most important goals of human life. All right? I want to get what I can get right now. Whatever's going to satisfy me, whatever's going to give me instant gratification, um, consequences or calling or covenant or commitment, that stuff doesn't really matter. Whatever's going to meet my needs right now, that's what I'm going to, I'm going to do. Because that's really in the end, that's the whole purpose of life. Okay, and if you're more of a picture person, you're not really a definition or word thing. You want to want to like what's going to help you think of hedonism? This is what helps me think of hidden, uh, hedonism. This guy right here, that's a dog, by the way. If you're not sure, if you think it's a rat, that's our dog Sherman. And um, don't be fooled; he's not as cute in his heart as he is uh, outwardly. This dude is Liz for individualistic hedonism. <laughs> All right. Everything is about him, and he will take whatever he can get, no matter who's going to get hurt. Now, don't, okay, I got one of my kids in here. I love our dog. I don't abuse him or anything, okay? Don't call anyone on me but he frustrates me and those who have been in our redemption commu- community have experienced this right like he gets under my skin he we put him in his little cage and he starts whining why because he's he wants to be in community and no because he wants to go in um, and 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 eat all the little toddlers' food, which he does every week. Right? He's eating. He'll steal a kid's pizza right out of its hand. He lives for himself. He lives for his stomach. He sleeps all day. Um, he's super selfish. <laughs> all right, individualistic hedonism, right there. That's okay. You can take him off. I don't want to distract. I th- I'm getting a vibe here. Like you guys don't really believe me. <laughs> He's the worst. He's Nebuchadnezzar and Belshazzar all wrapped up in one. And so is your dog, by the way. All right? And if you have cats, even more. All right? So it's not about just sermon here. Okay. But, But seriously, what happened to Belshazzar? Okay, we talked about the cycle. It gets worse and worse. The consequences get worse and worse. God humbled Nebuchadnezzar and he could end his life with this proclamation of worship. Well, read what happens to Belshazzar in the end of his life here in verse verse 29. Then Belshazzar gave the command... And Daniel was clothed with purple, a chain of gold just put around his neck, and a proclamation was made about him that he should be the third ruler. of. And I love him. I'm sure he's like, all right, come on. I don't really want any of this, but whatever. I guess you offered me this gift. I'll take it, right? Daniel didn't even want this stuff, which again reveals the arrogance, right? Belshazzar just heard this thing, and he's like, okay, cool. Well, that's, that's your interpretation, right and you get this warning listen i've seen the way this is going to go down you're 19 or 20 years old right now and you and and you think we're saying that your relationships or your life is going to go this way if you can continue on these trends if you continue to just live for individualistic hedonism Well, that's your interpretation. I'm the exception to the rule. Hey, I'll get over it one day. I'm going to just do me right now. I'm going to live for me right now, for my gratification right now. But, you know, whatever. I'll change when I get older. And, you know, once I get a wife, it'll all be cool. I'll be faithful then. But right now, I'm just going to live for me right? we And whatever it is, you we could assign this to every aspect of our lives. So I, I don't give right now. I don't give um, because I don't really make anything. And what I do make, you know, I just need those shoes, right? I need to look good. I need to do my thing now. But one day when I get a real job and I have real money, then I'll give, right? Then my finances will reflect my heart out of the abundance of the heart. The mouth speaks and where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. And we're like, yeah, yeah. Well, when I have more treasure, my heart will be more aligned. But and. Till then, I'm just gonna, right? We we fool ourselves, and it's so it's on display here. The same things happens with Nebuchadnezzar, with Pelshazzar. All right, that's your interpretation, but I'm just gonna go off and do my own thing now. I'm not gonna heed your warning. I'm not gonna heed God's prophetic call through His word that this is how life is found. This is where this is what it means to be truly human. This is where it means to find true joy. I'm gonna just I'm gonna I'm gonna be the exception. And look what happens. That very night, Belshazzar, the Chaldean king, was killed. And Darius the Mede received the kingdom, being about 62 years old. And we'll get into Darius the king next week. All right, and if you've heard the story, you know he has some stuff about him too. And yet Daniel remains to be a faithful presence. So as we close here, guys, what do do we do with this? We can clearly see in Babylon a picture of individualistic, Hedonism. Life is all about me and my pleasure. But what about today? I was in Chicago a few weeks ago, and I asked a guy, and I'm not going to use the phrase, so I don't want any of you to go look it up or whatever, but we walked outside, and I asked a young guy today, like some of your age. um, There was this big display up, like huge display, up on the side of a building, and it was for OK Cupid, And it had a little phrase on it, like a hedonistic lie. And it's just like, hey, you could just get your pleasure met. Same as Tinder, right? Swipe left and get one thing, swipe left and, or right or whatever. I don't know how it works. But, you know, do this, do that, and you could get pleasure right now. It's at your fingertips. Man, we live in a culture that just, just over-promises and underdelivers, And that's, a, that's a, a, a neat way to say it. That promises life but always delivers death. And what does it look like in our day? Okay, okay, Cupid, things like that. We talked about this, my, my job, my whatever. I can make life all about me. I can pursue my instant gratification and my pleasure right now. It will always fail. From the very beginning, the history of humankind, it has always failed time and time again. Okay, death, innumerable count. Success or life, Zero when found in individualistic humanism. Life outside of God. Life, I'm gonna do me apart from you. No, thanks but no thanks, God. I'll find my identity and my purpose elsewhere. I'll sprinkle you in where appropriate. You can be the parsley on the plate, but, but, I'm, but really the main course, right, the steak, the mashed potatoes, the, 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 the main things on the plate, that's gonna be me and my pleasure. And that leads to death. But the good news of the gospel, we see a picture of it in Jesus. He said he came not to receive but to give. He laid down his life. He said that his joy was found in doing the will of the Father. And then he came and he says, like in Mark chapter 10, he says, You want life? Give your life away. Find your life in me. Understand that, 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 that who you are, your identity and your purpose, your humanity is found in Christ and Christ alone and who he has done and, and who he is and what he has done and his purposes, not just his life and death and re- resurrection, but now his mission that he's bringing about. And he said, you, find your purpose. Find your life in participating in my mission. Live for God's glory and the good of others. Okay, The good news of the gospel is that through Jesus, our humanity is restored. And in him and in him alone, we can find life, pleasure, joy, hope, meaning, purpose. That's the gospel. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for um, this time together. Thank you for your word. Lord, we want to find ourselves in you. Lord, I pray that you will do whatever you need to do in us. Lord, if there are families or husbands and wives here, Lord, parents and children, roommates, employers, employees. Lord, if there are, I I know all of us are prone to wander. Lord, prone to make life about us and our pleasure. Lord, I pray that you would lead us back to the good news of finding ourselves in you and in you alone. Lord Jesus, it's in your glorious name that we pray. Amen.